0: People aren't looking for us pretending to be other people. They're looking for us being ourselves. And breathwork is such a beautiful way of beginning to strip back the conditioning and the layers and the things that prevent us from really showing up as our full selves so that we can make it easier for the people who are looking for us to find us. hello and welcome
1: to the highly sensitive soul podcast my name is lisa matthews and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world you are listening to episode 34 of the highly sensitive soul podcast i'm your host lisa matthews and i am super excited honestly i feel this is long overdue but my guest today is the wonderful ariana fotonakis and i'm going to share a little bit about her first and then we're going to welcome her to the show Arianna Fotinakis is a coach, breathwork facilitator, and founder of the 5D Business Collective. Ariana takes a holistic approach when supporting her clients by blending science, spirit, and soul. She believes that every single person on this planet has something special the world needs, and that when we're well supported and well taken care of, we become better equipped to share those gifts. Using the holistic model she's used with her fitness and life coaching clients, Arianna has been supporting wellness entrepreneurs with their personal and professional growth since 2017 through one-on-one coaching in person and online gatherings, as well as business development courses and workshops. She believes the key components to growing a successful business are community, collaboration, and a deep connection to the self. I'm definitely going to agree with that. So thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show, Ariana.
0: Mm, Thanks for having me, Lisa. I'm super grateful to be here.
1: Well, I'm stoked to dive in on our topic today because I feel like there's going to be a lot of gems that come up in this conversation because I know a little about breathwork. I think there's a lot of curiosity about breathwork, and I feel like there is so much momentum for it right now as well as maybe some maybe myths is the wrong word but things that people could just learn more about breathwork that would help them in their decisions of whether to pursue it or not especially in regards to business so all that being said how does one become someone that guides people through breathwork experiences. How did you come to do what you do now?
0: Yeah, great question. So um, like many individuals um, and how they, they find their healing modalities, I had my own really powerful experiences with breathwork first. And I found breathwork Actually, probably close to four years ago to the day. It was around mid-April when I was at a mastermind retreat um, down in Venice Beach, and on our retreat schedule, we had this breathwork thing for our last day. And I didn't really know what breathwork was. I'd done breathing exercises in yoga classes before, so I thought, okay, cool. We're gonna we're gonna do some yoga breathing. That's fun, and. As we're getting set up for it, the facilitator had us lay down on the ground, and they passed around towels to put over our faces in case we cried, and I was like, why would I cry? I don't cry in a yoga class. And so we're laying on the ground, and there's this really loud music, and we're breathing in this way that I've never breathed before. And I started to feel different sensations in my body, things I had never felt when not under The influence of any substances before and I started to feel these emotions coming up in my body and I was like why do I need to cry like I'm not sad there's nothing going on there's no memories coming up I'm in a room full of women who I've just met in person for the first time this weekend I cannot cry and the more I tried to stuff that down um, the more intensely I felt those emotions and it got to a point where I couldn't hold them back anymore I had to let them move And what followed was the biggest, most intense emotional release I'd ever experienced in my entire life. I struggled with addiction for 10 years, and by the time I found breathwork, I had been sober for six years, but I still hadn't really dealt with a lot of my quote-unquote stuff. And what it felt like in that session was like everything that I had ever stuffed down with a bottle or a pill or with busyness or working. It came up and asked to be felt, and it felt like it was then cleared from my body and my being. And so I had no idea what I had just experienced at the end of that. It felt like I had gone through 10 years of therapy, and what I learned was only about 25 minutes. I thought for sure we were breathing for a lot longer. Um, Totally. And so I, it was one of those moments of I have no idea what I just experienced. I know I need to do more of this. And there was also something within me that knew that this would later down the road become something that I would be supporting people with.
1: Wow. Talk about just easing into this whole breathwork experience.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I was fortunate. Um in that a lot of the women in my mastermind I know felt quite ungrounded afterwards because we had this big experience. None of us really knew what we were getting ourselves into. I think even our coach didn't really know what was going to transpire in the session. Um, and so we had a little bit of time for sharing, but then it was time to have our wrap-up meal and there was champagne flowing and people were having ciders and stuff. And I I had to leave. I was like, I need to go for a walk. I need to go be by myself. And I need to process everything that just happened. And I think even the morning after, I had an early morning flight. And I was crying in the airport and crying on the plane. And thankfully, I was able to ground myself relatively well after that. But my coach even, we had a call the following week. And she asked me, she's like, I just want to check in and see how you're doing. Because I know a lot of folks were feeling a little bit kind of left left hanging after that and it's really powerful medicine breath work and we we need we need time to integrate for sure yeah i think that's
1: really really well put in something that on a, a wider scale giving ourselves time to integrate is is often such a massive component sometimes a missing piece but i'm really glad that you had both the awareness to go, okay, I got to process this as well as just that perhaps inner permission, whatever you need it to just be like, I'm out. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to give myself what I need because while I, I love breath work and I think it's fantastic. I also am cautious with it. And I know we have now talked about it kind of in, broader terms, but for someone that's never experienced breath work and now might be like, oh boy, what am I getting myself into? But what would, on a more general level, would you be able to define breath work and perhaps some some benefits or why people might be drawn to doing it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So part of where breath work can the areas or the waters of breathwork can get a little bit muddy is that breathwork really is overall this like umbrella term for a number of different breathing practices. So things that you have experienced in a yoga class, maybe like breath of fire or lion's breath when you stick your tongue out and cross your eyes and make funny sounds, like that's all considered breathwork. Four, seven, eight breathing or box breathing, like an inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. Like that's all breathwork. But what I like to say to folks is that there's breath work, and then there's breath work, <laughs> like a, a very <laughs> emphasized <laughs> breath work. And with the emphasized breath work, even within that branch, there are a number of different types. There is holotropic breathwork, which is quite intense. Um, it was uh, formulated by a man named Stanislav Grof who used to do psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy with his patients and then once the government put the kibosh on that, he used this different type of breathing to induce similar altered states. There are more gentle forms of breath work known as conscious-connected breath work and even within conscious-connected breath work there are a number of different lineages and the one that I work with is known as breathwave And it is uh, a gentle, more, I guess for lack of a better term, feminine approach to breath work. And I won't lie, when I signed up for my facilitator training, I was actually quite disappointed to learn that I was doing this more gentle kind. Um, the, The ones that I had experienced up to that point had been faster and more intense. And I thought we needed to have these really intense breathing practices to induce really powerful shifts. And it was very humbling for me to learn that we can access deep places and we can ignite really potent changes within ourselves and our beings in a practice that is more gentle in nature. So with this form of breath work, conscious connected breath work, what we are doing is we are creating the space for ourselves to drop into a slightly altered state of consciousness and it doesn't mean that we're going to feel like we would if we were on psychedelic drugs or anything like that. Um, However, the the, the changes that manifest within our brainwaves, they do really slow down and we can experience a lot of mental clarity. We can create space for new thought forms, new downloads, new ideas to come through and I personally believe it's almost less of the breathing modality itself and really more the fact that you're actually just taking time to lie with yourself and breathe. That's creating space for those to come through. Um, What it also can do is open up our emotional bodies. So if there are emotions that we have not been expressing, which is a very normal thing because in our society we are taught that certain emotions are labeled as good and certain are labeled as bad. And I also believe that by avoiding the quote-unquote bad emotions, we also don't open ourselves up to experience the really, really good and juicy ones that we might want to feel. And so breath work can put us in a position where we are more susceptible to these emotional releases. And what is commonly heard is things like getting really angry or really sad and crying or screaming, but we can also have really joyful and blissful experience as well. I've I've had sessions where I've just giggled the entire time and I've made animal noises and like pretended I was a kitty cat and just was very (laughs) silly and playful. So it doesn't always mean we're going to have this really intense shadow work experience. And – Breath work is very, in many circumstances, can be very supportive for our nervous systems. However, I do also believe that it needs to be done in a safe container with a facilitator who understands the nervous system and is respectful of each individual's process within the breath. So sometimes we we can either as breathers come in with an ego or have a facilitator who maybe has a bit of an ego. And... Wants to have these big experiences transpire and may lead to some pushing or some stoking to to get some emotional movement, um, and that's that's not usually of benefit to the breather.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and thanks for walking us through some of the terrain of of breath work because it is. Something that is often, I remember when I was on social media, it pops up a lot, and it's often just, you know, here's 10 things you can do to support yourself. It'll just kind of be a dot point, breath work. And I think it's helpful to realize that it takes a lot of different forms, and that some can be really quite activating to the nervous system, particularly. And also wanting to honor how old this is. This isn't new. (laughs) This is like a rediscovery, a reclaiming. I'm sure there's a lot more on the history that you're aware of on, on your end. But this is a something that has really been around for a long time. And when we think about shifting our states of consciousness, when we think about inner healing work, we think about shadow work, there's a lot of different ways to go about that. And... I know when I first started hearing more about about breathwork, I was really quite nervous to ever try it because I'd only ever heard of holotropic. Mm. I thought that was I thought that was breathwork. I thought that was the thing. Um, I was quite familiar with Stanislav Grof's work. Anyone that's listened to the podcast for a while, I share pretty deeply about a really massive experience in my own life of my spiritual emergency and breakdown and really losing touch with reality and how much his work on spiritual emergency really helped to frame what went on. So I read about holotropic breathwork from him and went, I don't know if I want that intensity. Maybe, maybe breathwork isn't for me. And I think there's some times where it's definitely helpful and under, underrated in a lot of ways. You spoke about mental clarity and getting into our emotional body having a chance to express our emotions and there's a lot of sensitives listening to this podcast and a lot of us have been told to not cry or to basically tamp down on our emotions when we feel a lot. So I felt it really helpful to do breath work for even more expression. I've I've worked on expressing emotions for a long time but I was just highlighting a few of my own experiences benefits with it that it has been such an incredible experience to do and I actually started first in person briefly and then the world shifted and then actually I've done some great online sessions with Ariano with you which I was really really and I'm sure I'll be doing more Uh, Because I actually appreciated just being in my own home. Oftentimes there was no one else here, my partner was out. I could do whatever the heck I wanted to (laughs) make whatever noises. When you're talking about making funny noises or animal noises, I'm like, oh yeah, been there. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. But I think there's also, and you've alluded to this, kind of a time and place of doing breath work. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on perhaps. When is it not the time to engage in breathwork? How would people know if perhaps it's not the right time to either try it out or to have a breathwork session, knowing that there's going to be no golden specific role, but just some flavors of ideas for people to think about on this?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think you really hit the nail on the head with there not being like a a golden rule of, oh, if you're experiencing this, don't do breath work. Or if you are experiencing Mm. this, this is, um, breath work will help you. Um, it's a very individual process, but some things that come to mind, like there are some potential contraindications for sure. So, um, anytime anyone is pregnant, I always want to have a conversation with my breather before doing any breath work with them. Breath work is safe during pregnancy. I did it throughout my entire pregnancy. Um, however, we can sometimes go into like a rebirth Um, we can re-experience our own birth. Sometimes our bodies can mimic the sensations of contractions and you don't, you don't want that if you've got a little baby inside of you, um, and also from the emotional piece, too, we know that everything that mama experiences, baby experiences too. We don't fully understand the mechanism through which the baby is impacted yet. If that's through the flood of hormones that mama experiences while she's going through the session, if it's simply through the noises that mama's making. So, we, we really want to use some discernment um, and for me personally, I just knew when to stop myself. I knew that if I was getting going somewhere too deep, I knew to pull myself back from that. But for individuals who maybe haven't done a lot of healing work, pulling themselves out of something when they're about to get to something can also not be beneficial as well. So there are conversations that we just want to have around like intentions for breath work and how much of your own personal healing work have you done? How familiar are you with your internal landscape? Things like that. And I would say those similar questions can be applied to folks who may be experiencing what you were talking about, Lisa, a spiritual emergency. Um, Maybe someone who's going through A challenging phase in their life and maybe doesn't have a lot of tools in their toolbox to support themselves on their own. Because obviously, if you have a skilled facilitator and someone who's there to hold space for you to process emotions in the moment, that's beautiful. But there's also still integration that's needed. And people will often take this idea of breath work and say, yeah, I'm just going to go do my 10 years of therapy in a 60-minute session and then I'm healed and there's no more work to do. But there is still integration that needs to be done. Um, There is often support that will be needed. So is your facilitator somebody who will offer that support afterwards? Are you working in like a package basis where you have follow-up sessions? If you're attending a group, is the facilitator open to talking afterwards or to jumping on a call with you if you need help? These are really the questions that I would encourage everyone to ask themselves. And I think really the only hard and fast like don't do breath work rule would be if you reach out to a facilitator and ask these questions and then if if you're dismissed. So if they're not willing to be available for you after the session, if they're not willing to um, be supportive, to take the time to answer any questions, to really help you understand your own intentions for wanting to drop into the breath – that would be a red flag for me. And breath work is, as you said, like it's not new in the sense that these practices are ancient. They, I'm still working on tracing the lineage because I want to be able to give credit where credit is due. And I don't fully have answers yet. I know it originates either in India or Nepal, which many of these practices that we currently use do. Um, but in terms of it being... On a more broad scale, I don't even think we're at the wave cresting yet. Like Mm. four years ago when I first started doing breath work, it was so difficult for me to find a breath work circle. And now four years later, you can find them like every single day online. There's more in person now. And with this, we are having a lot of folks who are very excited about sharing the medicine of the breath. And there are a lot of individuals who are seeing an opportunity to train people to share the medicine of the breath, but I believe that we're not respecting it in the ways that it needs to be in many instances. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask your facil- your potential facilitator questions. If there's a circle that you're wanting to go to and you have questions, email the, the host. Um... This is really a call for us to use our own discernment and to have this be our first point of stepping into our power by not being afraid to ask for what we need and to ensure that the layers of support that we would like to have will be available for us.
1: I think that is really, really well put and really important to bring up because it. And I think if people are kind of exploring and thinking, oh, here's a great new thing to try without that discernment piece, by and large, it's probably going to be, you know, okay in a lot of of situations. But I, especially getting back to, we haven't named it as this, but the cathartic types of releases. And by cathartic, I mean having these huge emotional either memories coming back and that leading to huge tears and kind of pushing someone outside their window of tolerance and and cathartic experiences those really big other memories coming back they can be really healing they can also be quite challenging i don't want to say in a negative way but they definitely, I definitely experienced some healing work where I'm like, that was too big, <laughs> mm. more than my nervous system could handle. I didn't quite have the nuance for that at the time, mm. but as I got more and more, I guess I'm drawing parallels here into my own work too as we're talking, as I got more and more into craniosacral, which is partic- the biodynamic way that I practice, is, is particularly body-led. It's very... Very gentle in the sense of, okay, where where are we going today, body? And and really getting that information. And it's intentionally not about the big cathartic experiences for my own work. And I'm not going to label every biodynamic craniosacral therapist as kind of going in that direction. But I think gentle is underrated. Is that word again? Mm-hmm. I think gentle can go so far because in so much of the rest of our lives especially when we think of something like business, it's like go, go, go all the time. Gentle's out the door. Be really busy. There's, you know, a to-do list a mile long. So I think when it comes to healing work, gentle has a huge place.
0: A hundred percent. And, you know, you, like you mentioned as well too. like the way we're talking about breath work, it might seem like this really big, scary thing. (laughs) And, um, it's, it's really not. You know, I've been fortunate. I I don't know how many breathwork sessions I've facilitated up to this point. You know, I started facilitating, I started my training in 2019 and it was a process that I completed by like end of 2020. So it was just over a year. And so I don't know, I'm sure it's somewhere in the hundreds in terms of one-on-ones that I've done, online group sessions, groups that I've supported at alongside my teachers or my own mentors, um, groups that I've hosted in person. And out of all of those experiences, there's only – one ever been one instance where there was an individual who she thought she was coming to a meditation circle because her friend signed her up so like this is also maybe a call to us like if we love breath work and we want to bring our friends make sure that our friends know what they're getting themselves into um and the person just didn't want to participate she was just very uncomfortable and just was kind of a little bit argumentative but i have been very fortunate that in all of those sessions i haven't had any experiences where breathers have been left unsupported or where something has come up that they've not been able to work with and I think that's because I'm very intentional with how I facilitate my online sessions. I try not to use music that's too activating because music can really take us into some deep places so I don't use like really intense rhythmic drumming when I'm doing online circles. Um, I don't um there's certain words that i will refrain from using and i again just always encourage that gentleness and i make sure to talk in a really soft and meditative voice to keep the tone of the group even though we're all in different places and spaces we really can orchestrate the type of experience um as facilitators And then, of course, when I am working with folks in person, um, you know, I just did an in-person group on Saturday and I was able to use some more intense music, but it it was funny because I had been working a lot with self-compassion within my own being in the few days before And I didn't bring that up at all, but at the end when everyone was sharing what their experiences was like, everyone was like, you know, I just, I normally get really mad or sad, but I just felt so much compassion for myself and it was just so (laughs) lovely. So we, this is just as important for us as facilitators too, to really be mindful of the energies that we're bringing into things because we really can impact the field. And I'm grateful that I can impact it in a self-compassion kind of way. Um, but these are all just things you know whether you're listening as someone who's interested in breath work or you want to hold space for groups to really just um, always be mindful of the energy that you're bringing into the space because we can really we can really impact our clients or at the same time um, you know check in with the energy of the facilitator and if it doesn't vibe with you you don't you don't have to stay
1: Yeah, these are all really great points to bring in and i'm really glad there are awesome trainings out there and not putting anyone down in any particular way in terms of however they've come to their their breathwork experience either as a facilitator or a client but these are all really really key things and this idea of working more gently I think it's actually going to speak to well. It speaks really quite loudly to to me as a sensitive because everything tends to be a lot, especially on a sensory level. And I really appreciate your your playlist. I, I still use some of them. I'm like these are great. But I actually, as you said that I you know, not using drumming tracks or intense um, rhythmic music. I'm like, oh yeah. Like I didn't notice that side, but I'm like, yeah, that would definitely change. I've shared this before, I'm really sound sensitive, as many of us are, um, and that would definitely change the experience. I I intentionally use music to change my inner state when I want to, so I'm like, huh, what a great point to bring in there. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I really uh, can appreciate that. But it's also a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun in breath work. And I feel like we've come at it from some really important layers I just want to like add in that I have had some both hilarious insights uh, intuitive downloads and just yeah this sense of lightness afterwards there's a there can be that opening you named it earlier this opening to bliss and joy and positive emotions too and Yeah, I guess I just wanted to highlight that side of it because breathwork can be super, super fun, especially when you start going with, you know, you see the same people in circle or you kind of get a little bit of continuity. And it's a really nice coming to that community side. It's just really nice to have. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, we can go on some great journeys. I've had folks um, tell me that they were floating with dolphins in space. Um, right. I've had folks connect with angels, with extraterrestrials. Um, I've had people go on really wild journeys and just go and connect with all kinds of different animals and, um, have it be this really fun and playful thing. So, um, it's not always about the deep shadow work. And I think that's what I love with breath work is that we, we get what we need, and it's not always what we want. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do—I am feeling kind of sticky and I'm like, oh, I know I just need to go and cry and like release some emotions. And I just have a really peaceful session or I fall asleep because my body just genuinely needed some rest. Or other times I go in feeling really good and knowing that I just want to breathe to keep up with my practice and some emotion moves and I don't know what it's connected to. There was no memory or anything. It was just something that needed to move through the body. So every session is different. We can go in with our agendas and our intentions and what I like to encourage my breathers is to hold that intention for what you want to experience and then let it go and trust that whatever happens is exactly what is meant to happen for you in this moment.
1: It's uh, I love the paradox of it. Like sure you can show up with what you think might happen mm-hmm. <laughs> and then have a completely yeah, different experience and that i think that speaks to a lot of a lot of healing work and a lot of self-growth work we can think we know what we're going to be signing up for doing and then get surprised and often pleasantly surprised so i think these are really important parts to bring in and i had another thought that was floating it's floated away ah how much i love that breathwork spans like yeah, it gets pretty into the nitty-gritty on nervous system level and gas exchange in the lungs and making sure, um, like covering the actual physical anatomy territory and physiology through to the really spiritual energetic altered states, altered states without substances. And I think that word might have, or that phrase might have some charge for people. We've named it a few times of altered states of consciousness. And it, I like to say like, you get thirsty that's an, an altered state what is normally you, you daydream you have an altered state you're impatient like we are completely often altering our states and often thinking of it in a more spiritual type way mm-hmm. but i feel like bringing some normality into these experiences of like sure you can like i have people in sacral work who will come out and be like i just had the wildest I don't know, dream, like they're not quite even sure what to call the experience, which is great. I always think of like, awesome, we've had a, this new layer open up. And that slowing down may have just facilitated that presence with themselves may have facilitated that. It's like it's, it's waiting, these intuitive messages, creating some space, creating some gentleness, having a container and bringing some, yes, bringing our intentions in. I'm Not necessarily exactly knowing what's going to show up.
0: Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you bringing that in, just some reflections there. Yeah, I love it. Um, Stan Groff always, he uses the term non-ordinary states of consciousness, and he's spoken that he doesn't even really enjoy using that term because he says, who's, who gets to define (laughs) what's ordinary and what's not, you know, we... We could go into a whole existential conversation right now about what we're experiencing and is, is this ordinary? Is this normal? Is this reality? Right. Um, so it's it's all very subjective and I think they're just there are words that we use to kind of make sense of certain things. And sometimes there are things that don't always need to be made sense of you know I have folks who do come to me for breath work and we work purely on the level of the nervous system we might only breathe for like 10 15 20 minutes they don't get very deep we're doing this simply to um, train their body to respond to stress when the stressor is present and to learn how to come out of that stress response when the stressor is no longer there And that may be all we ever do, and that's great for them. And then I have other folks where simply by watching where the breath is in their body, I can begin to gain an indication of what they may be working with in their personal life. And I can offer reflections based off of what I witness in their body. And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because this is what I'm dealing with. And then they can start to gain that clarity. And Again, we don't we don't always need a a scientific mechanism for how that happens, but there is some language that um, we can use if if folks like it.
1: Yeah, and it's a map.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's helpful, and I know I found it helpful when I was like, I needs I need some kind of map between you know even connecting, having the learning the skills around grounding is, is huge, um, and a lot of healing work I've come out of some sessions and been like you named this earlier uh, in your own experience. And I was like, I am so glad I know how to, how to ground. And it may not be a perfect, like I feel perfectly centered, but even that like talk about the 2% shift a lot, even something that makes you feel that 2% more grounded. So I almost feel like there's some accessory layers around breathwork, accessory skills, if you will. So yeah, grounding's a huge one. And if anyone wants a grounding meditation, I've got a free one up on my website. You can just head to combinationhealing.ca forward slash ground i'm pretty sure nope i think it's forward slash nourish i'm gonna put it in the show notes (laughs) but yeah if you head over to that link there's just a 10 minute practice that will walk you through a grounding experience so i think yeah it's just helpful to have these these extra layers extra tools And just to kind of shift gears a little bit, we've talked mostly on the personal side, the healing side, the self-growth side, but I want to hear about this idea of breathwork and how it can support someone in business that I'm already sold. I'm like, yeah, I've seen how this has happened in my life, even without it being an intention. But I love to hear your thoughts on breathwork, supporting people that are in their own business and all the layers that brings up because... You know, business is its own self-growth journey a lot of times.
0: Mm-hmm. I – now that I have a baby, I can say that it's, like, the second biggest personal development journey for sure because <laughs> um, I always had a feeling. I was like, you know, I haven't had kids, but I feel like parenting is probably self-growth journey number one and entrepreneurship is, like, a very close second. And, um, you know, when when we look at business and – growing businesses, starting practices, um, being able to generate an income from our business. All of these things are actually quite simple. It's, it's quite easy to take a, a, a vision and to craft a plan that will get us there. Oftentimes in the work that I do with my clients, what I find is that what is simple is not always easy. So yes, it's simple to say, oh, I need to start a podcast or I need to send emails to people every week or be on social media or do talks in my community. But when we set those intentions, oftentimes what will come up is all of our, I'll use the term, quote unquote, stuff again. So if we have fears around being seen, if there are um, things that don't go the ways that we had initially hoped in business as they oftentimes don't right away. We can be confronted with meanings that we attach about ourselves. So it might trigger something within us. It might trigger, um, a belief that what we do is not good enough. That we won't ever be successful. A narrative that I've had is that I'm always just mediocre at things. Like I get okay, but I can never get really good at something. Um, We are often faced with perfectionist tendencies, with people pleasing tendencies. There is the witch wound of not feeling like we can actually be compensated for the work that we're doing because way back when, oftentimes there was no financial exchange. We were simply taken care of by the community, or there was another form of energy exchange. And so now we're in this space where it's like, We have to actually put a price tag on the healing work that we are doing for people that is life-changing and am I worthy of being paid for that? Should I be just offering this for free? So as you can see, there are a number of different things that can come up on the entrepreneurial journey. Just scratch the surface. There are so many things that we can be confronted by and breathwork is one of the many tools that we can use to help us begin to process and integrate those beliefs and narratives and perceptions that may not be fully serving us. I like to also use breathwork as a way to really open up and to connect my clients to their truth. So. It's also very easy to just look at what other people are doing and to kind of sound like them or think we just need to copy or emulate them. But I believe that every single person on this planet has a message. They have something that can only be communicated in the ways that they can communicate with the energy and with the language. And that will reach the individuals who they're meant to serve in the way that is most supportive to them. People aren't looking for us pretending to be other people. They're looking for us being ourselves. And breathwork is such a beautiful way of beginning to strip back the conditioning and the layers and the things that prevent us from really showing up as our full selves so that we can can make it easier for the people who are looking for us to find us.
1: So well said, and I know you those listening. You're not gonna see me my face, but I'm like nodding along on all these points. I'm like, oh yes, I, I yeah, that part with the entrepreneurial experience, the journey, the challenges, the people pleasing, and I've never heard it the term witch wound, but that I just I'm like I know exactly what that means. Like that just sums up so much, <laughs> and, um, and for that fact, especially coming back to Breathwork being being a, a tool, a process, a way to get in touch with ourselves, our truths, bringing that mental clarity, connecting us into our intuition more, and moving that old conditioning that doesn't necessarily help us. And we all have it. We all have conditioning. We grew up in a society. So unless we're coming from the forest, like this is normal. This is okay to have conditioning that you want to shift. It's actually kind of a cool experience to see. Oh, wow. Huh. I've learned how to, you know, I've learned that it's safe for me to talk about things. Well, one of my layers I've worked a lot with is it's safe for me to talk about craniosacral from a science perspective, but not from an energetic perspective. So I had to do a ton of inner work around validity and having things be a little bit more open allowing my intuitive side to come out Um, early on this was like such a big thing and so I I spoke and stuck to things that felt safer for me like focusing that I worked with uh, persistent or chronic pain and now it's I'm sure you've seen in in a lot of people you've worked with uh, the evolution like I worked with Arianna as a business coach for years and we've had some fantastic breakthroughs and realizations and I'm like oh so that's why I do that. And so my work has shifted so much, and it's so much more intuitive. It's so much easier in letting things flow out, and it brings up different challenges. It's not like, here's the magic wand to solve all, all things ever, but wow, does it ever help. So uh, just offering some thoughts there and just really echoing back that, yeah, Business is its own self growth journey. I think quite different from parenting. Me and lack of sleep. Yeah. That would be tough.
0: (laughs) It's pretty brutal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because how old is your little one now? She was, she turned nine months on Monday. So I counted and I this morning I was like you know it's been about 275 days plus extra because for some cruel and unfair reason I couldn't sleep the last like 2 months of my pregnancy but it's definitely been like 275 days of waking up like every couple hours at least to feed Ooh, a little human.
1: I commend you and obviously our our little humans are they're so part of us they are. Especially at that age, they're learning from our nervous systems, there's so much going on. But when you talk on self-growth, there's a lot of different, and by that I just mean our own personal development, us becoming more of, of who we are without all the, the shoulds. I should do this because, or the layers of us that aren't really true to us. But yes, the parenthood, definitely a massive <laughs> part of that. Yeah, business being as well, so... All, all that being said, I know we could dive into so many different, so many different rabbit holes here, but I just wanted to check in on the highly sensitive side, and this is something I ask every guest, and I'd love to know, given all the experiences you've been through and your sensitivity, what do you consider your biggest challenge as well as your favorite gift of, of being a highly sensitive person.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, I I I think that they're almost one and the same, and I think the the greatest gift is my attunement to the world around me. You know, when I'm working with my clients, I can listen beyond what they're saying I can listen to what their body is communicating um how tiny little shifts in inflection or how they may be speaking really loudly and then be speaking really softly or even just that like subtle shift in energy that's not even something that I could put to words like that really is I know one of my gifts and what allows me to support my clients in such a deep way and it also spills over in my personal life. Like, I usually know my partner's dealing with stuff before he is. And I will point it out, and then the next day he'll be like, oh, you know, I think you're maybe right. And so that is a gift, and it's also a challenge to be so aware of surroundings. And, you know, and you're also an individual who has dealt with hypervigilance and anxiety such as I have and – you know, there were points in my life where I needed to be really aware of my surroundings as a safety mechanism. There can also be a tendency for me to sometimes maybe make something out of nothing or to feel something and to think, oh, this, this means I've done something wrong or this means this person's upset with me. Um, and I really noticed, you know, when we're talking about this lack of sleep, um, there was a point when she was around four months old. And you hear people talk about the four-month sleep regression. And I was like, okay, I guess that's a thing. And I learned that it's very much a thing. And it was about six weeks of not really sleeping a whole lot. And it was very interesting for me to witness how easy it was for me to fall back into those really activated states. Like my nervous system was shot during that time. And I haven't very clearly had the – opportunity to see what a fight or a flight or a freeze response feels like because I've been really well regulated for the last few years and so that lack of sleep like full-on sleep deprivation I I accessed those states again and it was cool because I could witness it and be like okay I see what's going on here Um, but it is really interesting for me to see how now when I'm not sleeping as much or when I don't Have as much time and space to utilize my tools that keep me grounded and keep me regulated. How susceptible I am to fall back into those um, states of being hyper aware or of sounds being too much or, excuse me, of of feeling too much. And I don't mean too much in a bad way. It's just like it's just literally too much for me in that moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And what you had shared there, thank you for sharing, was something that yeah comes up a lot, this two sides of the same coin. It's like the awareness is amazing, and yeah, it comes with its it comes with its challenges, especially with other nervous system stressors like lack of sleep and I think circling back to your self compassion practice that you were talking about and I think these things that we talk about that are, oh, that's so nice. What a nice thing. I'm like, I think that's necessary.
0: <laughs> like, uh-huh.
1: When we're in, in circumstances that we can't necessarily change, whether that is early motherhood, whether that is starting a new job, whether that is something that has changed in your environment, or for me, I live next to active active construction of like a substation for years. And it's like, it's really jarring on the nervous system. So having tools to help keep us as regulated as we can and having that self compassion when we're like, okay, the environment or where I'm at right now in life, it's making life extra tough with my sensitivities, my awareness. So just extending that to those listening, that it's a really big deal to be able to get extra support for yourself, especially in these times when life's a little bit tougher, and to bring in that extra self compassion when there's just a little bit of time to to ride it out and to walk each day as best you can. So one thing to have all these great practices, it's another to really use them. So I think a lot of <laughs> us have so totally. much in our, in our toolbox that I know I, I come back to, like I have a doc on my computer that is like, oh, when I forget, I can I can do these, and I have my tools like quite literally on my desk or really really visual. That's something I work with clients too. Like, how do you make this a no brainer to be able to reach for your tools? Mm -hmm. And I think coming back to breath work, when it's something that's going to take a little bit more time for the most part to sit in and have a few focused minutes, I think that's really helpful and really important to take that time for ourselves and all our different layers of ourselves. And you've named a few, um, ways that you work with people so far, but I'd love to hear like, what, what's up in Ariana world right now and how can people that are intrigued about breathwork or want to hear a little bit more, how can they get in touch with you and perhaps even on the business side too?
0: and Where can people learn a little more about you? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I would say probably the best way to connect with me would be on Instagram. Um, I do have a very un name. It's at Ariana Fotinakis, but I'm sure that will be in the show notes or you can just see my name in the, in the interview name. Um, and that's where I'm typically most active and where I will connect with folks. Um, in terms of offerings, each month I am offering a by donation online breathwork circle. So I've recently moved to a donation basis. And if Financial donations are outside of an individual's means, even simply sharing the event with someone who might benefit would be appreciated. Um, I've recently started offering in person here in North Vancouver again for circles, which is very exciting. exciting. So exciting. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. Um, and I also do one on one sessions online as well for breath work. So, with all of that, um, you know, I. As I said throughout the interview, if you have questions, if you're just curious about it, if you don't know if it's right for you, please, by all means, feel free to reach out to me and we can have an email chat or jump on Zoom. I'm more than happy to answer any questions. And then on the business front, um, I'm also the founder of a company called the 5D Business Collective, and we work primarily with um, new coaches, healers, wellness practitioners, spiritual entrepreneurs. Um, However, we do have a lot of folks who aren't new, who have been doing it for many years, such as you, Lisa. And um, really what we do is we help people combine both the practical tools to actually get out there and build their businesses with the more intuitive and energetic side. So we do this through online workshops, gatherings. Um, We have a very cool resource library with lots of business trainings and things like that. And so if anyone is curious about checking that out, um... That's at 5dbusiness.co or on Instagram, 5D Business Collective.
1: Awesome. I love that. And there's something for anybody there? Mm-hmm. And I just gotta say the community in the 5D Business Collective is awesome. Like that's one reason in particular. Like I just love the community that's in there. People are just so They're both so on fire about what they do, but also really like, huh, kind of stuck. Like they're just really open and transparent and honest. And anyone that has done entrepreneurial work, you know, especially if you're doing the solo side of things, solopreneur, it can definitely get lonely if you work all day by yourself or even if you work with fantastic clients, it's really nice to have that community to just come in, chat, you have some great, there's some different events every month that are, are repeating themes such as there's the I really love the collective coaching one where we can just all come in I'll bring a question and everybody brings what's coming up for them to help support that person so there's yeah can only highly recommend uh, D's been a lot of fun as well as yeah, breath work with arianics I've definitely gone to quite a number of circles now and looking forward to future ones I almost could come to the live in North Van. I was off by a week. I was like, oh, <laughs> if it was last
0: week uh, or
1: I was there the other week that I totally would have just rocked up.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. I thought for sure that I was booking it because I thought Easter was this coming weekend. So I was like, don't <laughs> book it on the Easter weekend, Ariana. And then I booked it and then someone had bought her ticket and then emailed me back. It was like, oh, wait, I realize it's Easter weekend. I can't come. And I was like, it's not Easter. She's like, no, it is Easter. <laughs> um, so, Oops. yeah, that, that was not my intention. But here we are. It worked out well. Everyone who needed to be there was there. That's exactly it. And that's
1: okay too. Oh, I love how that works. Any <laughs>
0: parting thoughts
1: before we move to a close today?
0: Yeah, I think I just want to again emphasize this idea that while breath work, can create big experiences and big shifts. I also do believe that when we enter these spaces with discernment and with intention and we have someone who's holding the container in a way that is with integrity, that we aren't given more than we can quote unquote handle or need to be given. Um There is a lot of magic that really comes together when facilitator and breather or breathers are energetically connected and able to kind of like dance together and hold the space for the facilitator to be able to read the room, even if it's online. And I do firmly believe that whatever happens is exactly what needs to happen. And so I, I, I don't want folks to be scared of breath work. Um, you know, there's, it's a really, really beautiful way of connecting with yourself and supporting your physical, mental, emotional, and energetic bodies. And so if you're feeling like a little bit of curiosity, reach out to someone and ask about it. Just take that time to learn if you're feeling there's some kind of intuitive nudge, there's something in there for you. The breath is calling you for some some reason. Um, It may just take some time to find a facilitator or a space that is the right one for you. So I just want to offer those last words and to just say thank you, Lisa, for allowing me to come on and share. Um, very excited to to have been able to have this conversation with you today and for you to come chat on my show in a couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. little little prelude there. I'll definitely share on that episode. Arianna has a fantastic podcast. Its 5D business Collective's the name, right? right The I fifth be- dimension of business. There we go. Oh, something's teeing in my brain. I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> it's a business, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that too. This has been so fun, so so awesome to connect with you, to dive into breathwork more. And for those listening, I hope you have learned some new layers around breathwork. And hopefully, if it intrigues and calls you, that just trusting you're going to connect with the exact right person. Mm-hmm. So with all that being said, I'll pop all these links in the show notes. Anyone that wants to keep in touch in email land, since I am no longer on social media, you can always head to combinationhealing.ca forward slash free and choose a resource, basically, and I'll send out my Friday wind down messages to you. So with that, you're going to move us towards a close for today. Thanks again for your time, Ariana.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: And I hope everyone has a beautiful rest of your day. Until next time, bye for now.